we're going to be going into week two of our basics series, all right? So in this series, we're talking about the basics of our faith, right? The things that uh, really hold up our faith, that are the foundation of our faith. So last week, who remembers what we talked about last week? Anyone? Yell it out. Yell it out. Anyone? All right, we talked about, we talked about why we believe what we believe, all right? We asked that question, the question, the question we asked was, why do I believe what I believe, right? So we talked about uh, different theology and different things that, that show that the Bible is, is valid and all that kind of stuff, all right? So this week, we got some more basics, all right? So what are some other basics of Christianity? Give me some answers. Prayer, that's a good one. Jesus, worship. Fasting, that's a good one, that's a good one. We are going to be talking about Jesus tonight, all right? We're going to be talking about Jesus tonight. And so, for those of you that were here last week, or even if you weren't here, we we asked that question, why do I believe what I believe? I really challenge you guys, if you don't have an answer to that question, to really do the research, ask questions, find out that answer, why I believe what I believe. All right, I really want to challenge you guys to do that. But tonight, we're going to be talking about Jesus. So, when I was in Bible college, uh, I was part of the worship team, right, in a, in a limited capacity, because, you know, I do a little spoken word, whatever, poetry, every once in a while. So, uh, we were um, on stage for something, uh, and it was like a college visit, so they were showcasing the worship team, and so I'm on there, and a few of us have spoken words, so I'm like the last one to go, you know, so I kind of written it really fast, and when you do that, you don't have as much time to memorize it, right? So I'm already nervous. I get really nervous when I have to do that kind of stuff, so my knees are shaking. It's getting to my turn, right? And so I'm going. I'm like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
Go ahead. The way, the truth, and life. Great one. Lamb of God. All great answers. All right, all right. Great answers. Let's see. Let's see what these kids have to say about that same question. Who is Jesus? So these kids gave some really good answers, right? Really good answers. Right? Some of the ones I liked were that he, he heals our owies, right? He gives us comfort. Uh, that one little girl that said he atoned for us. I'm like, how do you know this word, girl? Like, what is, our, what is happening? Uh, and then another girl said that she feels comforted when she prays to him, feels like he gives her a hug. These kids gave some really good answers. So let's see what the Bible says about who Jesus is. We're going to go to John 1. One, and it says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. So Jesus is the word. Jesus is the word. What does that mean? Like, is he literally like word in the dictionary? He just flips a dictionary, you see, you see his little head there? Like, oh, there's Jesus. Let's break down each part of the verses, right? So, if we can go back to that first verse, John 1, 1. It says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. Right? So, we see that Jesus is God, but he's also outside of God. Right? So he's part of the Trinity. Right? So at the beginning of everything, Jesus was already there. And then that's what verse 2 says as well. Verse 3, it says, God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. Right? God spoke the world into existence. Right? Jesus is the word. And the last part says, the word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. Right? Literally light. light. Let there be light, right? Jesus, the word. Jesus, the word. I was uh, studying for the sermon, and I was, you know, trying to capture, like, that in one sentence. Like, what does that mean? And so I was looking at some commentaries, and I saw this one quote, and it, it just really spoke to me. And this is what it says. It says, Jesus is God's communication to humanity. Jesus is God's communication to humanity. All right, everyone knows John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Right? That whoever should believe in, a lot of you guys don't know it. Okay, maybe we all don't know it. But that verse talks about how God loved us so much. He loved the world so much that he gave his only son so that we shall not perish but have ever lasting life, right? It's God's communication to us, right? It's God telling us how he feels about us, that he loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us on a cross, right? And that leads us to the next thing I want to talk about, is what did he do? What did Jesus do? Right, so a lot of you guys are back in school now, so it's kind of a big word. Does, anyone, does everyone know what an acronym is? Yes. Acronym? Everyone, right? 
I'm going to give you guys an acronym, all right? So the gospel is, you know, the story of our faith, right? So I want to give you guys an acronym. We're going to go letter by letter, right? We all know how to spell gospel, right? G-O-L-P-E. Okay, I'm, make, I'm making sure you guys are awake because some of y'all are uh, testing you, all right? G-O-S-P-E-L, right? So we're going to go through that, and by each letter, we're going to be able to go through the gospel, all right? So this is going to help you guys remember what the gospel is. Okay, so the first letter is G. God created us to be with him. Right, so at the very beginning, there's Adam and Eve, right, and he created them to be with him. Okay, he didn't send them to the earth. He created them, and he was with them, right? He, he talked to them every day. He had, uh, you know, community with them. He created us to be with him. Now, the O is our sin separated us. Our sin separated us. So they, had, they were in this paradise, and they just had one rule, right? Just one. Just the one, right? Just don't eat from this one tree. And, of course, they did. And they got kicked out of the garden, right? So their sin literally separated them from God. And that comes down to us because, you know, it created a cycle of sin and humanity, you know, had this plague of sin that they just couldn't stop sinning, you know, and our, our fleshly desires, our earthly desires cause us to sin, right? So that's the O. The S is sin couldn't be overcome, right? We couldn't beat sin, right? And most of us didn't even recognize our, our, our need for a savior. We were just like, oh, well, it's cool. We didn't recognize that we were sinners. They had a system where every time you committed a sin, so let's say, you know, you stole something, you yelled at someone, you would have to get an animal and sacrifice the animal to atone for your sins. And the animal on top of that had to be without blemish, all right? So imagine having to do that today, right? That would be kind of be, that would be a lot, right? <laughs> So that's the S. The P is the price for our sins was Jesus' life. The price for our sins was Jesus' life. He lived a perfect life, the life that we couldn't, right? And he died in our place. But after three days, he rose up again. And because of that, we, we can believe that he is who he says he was. And because of that, he conquered sin, he conquered death, and he also repaired that relationship between man and God, right? That Adam and Eve broke. He repaired that relationship, right? Because before, you have to go to a priest, and they have to go into this holy place, and there was a whole veil, right? When he died, the veil was torn, and we can have our own relationships with God. The E is for eternal life for those who trust in God alone eternal life for those who trust in God alone, right? Going back to that John 3, 16, right? Shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life, right? So we can be with God after, you know, we pass away. But of course, that's if you believe in God, if you have that faith, right? That's not just everyone. So the L is live for Jesus. Live for Jesus. Live your life with Jesus in mind. What he did for us, 
and how that affects our everyday lives, how that affects our everyday decisions, all right? Shining a light in darkness, right? Going into your schools, possibly where, you know, people are in the world and they're doing different kinds of things, but if you have faith, you should be a light in that darkness, right? You shouldn't look like the same people that, you know, we're trying to bring the message of Christ to. All right, now you guys need to know this, right? Last week we talked about why do I believe what I believe? All right, the gospel is like foundational to why you believe what you believe. Okay, if you don't know the gospel, how can you share it to someone, right? We're called to share the gospel. If we don't know it, how can we share it, right? We'll we'll end up making it up, right? If, if If you have an opportunity to share it with someone, they're like, they're like, hey, I'm a Christian. They're like, hey, oh yeah, tell me about that. And you're like, uh... Jesus, Jesus was good, and we, and then there was bad, and the bad, but Jesus was good, and he saved us. They're going to be like, uh, okay, (laughs) I don't know what that means, right? You you guys will be like me when I have to make up those words, right? So you guys need to know the gospel, right? You need to know it in your hearts, right? And also for yourself to believe it fully. So we talked about who Jesus is what he did. Now let's talk about how we respond. How do we respond, right? So knowing these things, what is our response? I mean, it's pretty basic, right? You can either accept it or reject it, right? Romans 10, 9 through 10 says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Accepting Jesus is so much more than saying a prayer, right? It's so much more than raising your hand and being like, God, just come into my life and make me good. Like, it's so much more than that, right? So I don't want to, you know, mislead you guys. It's so much more than just doing that, right? It's a commitment, right? My wife is sitting right there. She's back from her trip from Nebraska. And I, she's my wife. I committed to her, right? It's not like, I'm like, oh yeah, that's my wife, but I don't like her this day, so we're not together anymore. Like, uh, well, I'm not really feeling it this week, so yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my own thing, right? That's not how it works. When you commit, you commit, right? Whether it's good, bad, no matter how you feel, you commit, all right? And that's what accepting Jesus is about, right? Committing. You have to count the cost. Count the cost. All right, like I said, it's a commitment. I remember getting a gym membership, and you are committed for a year. You have to pay for it for a year, right? And, uh, yeah, I probably went, you know, the first, like, month or so, like, pretty consistently, like, three times, three times a week for the first month. And then second month, it was, like, once a week. And then the third month, I never went back, <laughs> right? But I was still locked in, right? Because even though I went up and down through, uh, you know, oh, man, I don't want to go to the gym. Man, I don't want to do this. Man, it really hurts after I come back, right? I went through all this stuff, but I was still committed. I was still locked into it, right? You have to count the cost. 
All right, Luke 14, 28, 30, it says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. And wasn't able to finish. Maybe that's why so many of us walk away from our faith. Right? Maybe we commit to something without knowing what it's going to cost. We're like, yeah, I'm going to be a Christian. I'm going to do it. And then life hits you hard, right? Stuff starts happening, family trouble, maybe financial trouble, school trouble, whatever it is. And you're like, man, I don't know about this Christian thing anymore. It's not for me. I want to do my own thing, right? Did you count the cost before you made that decision? Right? Because now you're making Jesus look silly. Because you told everyone, yeah, I'm a Christian, I follow Jesus. And then you're like, uh, I don't know anymore. I don't, I don't want to do that. Did you count the cost? When I was you guys' age, you know, my, I talked about my mom. She was harsh. Not harsh, she was strict. She was strict, all right? So my household, all right, we went to church. There was no options. You went to church, all right? And on top of that, every day, all right? Everyone say every day. Every, every day. day. We had a prayer time together as a family, all right? Non-optional. Six o'clock, every day, for an hour, we would take turns uh, leading the service, right? So you'd have to sing worship songs. You would have to read a chapter of the Bible, do memory verses, explain the chapter that we just read. My mom was strict. And so at first, I rejected Jesus, right? I had that choice. I, know, I knew who Jesus was. I rejected him. I was like, oh, I don't really want to do this. So I rejected him for a really long time, right? I knew what the Bible said because I was always in church. I was always uh, doing the prayer times. I knew exactly what the Bible said, but I rejected him. And I had to grab my faith for myself, right? I came to a point when I was 19. 19, I remember... Uh, you know, I was in college and stuff, and I was doing terrible. I was failing out. Like, it was bad. No one knew, okay? So I'm failing out of college, uh, and then when you have financial aid, if, you're, if you don't have your grades to keep up, then they pull your financial aid, right? So the letter gets sent home to my mom. She reads it. Everything, everything hits the fan, right? I'm like, oh, man. So I'm just depressed. I'm having suicidal thoughts. All this stuff is piling up. And at that time, I was like, man, this is not good. Like, what am I doing with my life? So I remembered, okay, this Jesus guy, right? So I'm like, let me try it myself. Let me try it myself. Right? And so I read the Bible. I went to church. I did all those things for me, not for anyone else, right? Not for anyone else. And when I finally did that, it, it was a process. But all those things got better, right? Depression fell off of me, right? I, I don't struggle with that anymore, like at all. I finished school. Right? I graduated my, with my bachelor's degree, finished it. Like my life got so much better once I owned my faith for myself. Once I owned my faith for myself, right? And through there, I went to Bible college and I put my roots even deeper, right? I, I got to learn the theology, 
I got to learn things about the validity of the Bible, about Jesus, and my roots grow, grow, grew even deeper. But what about you guys, right? I can say for myself, I'm 100% a Christ follower. Like, without a doubt, I'm following Jesus, no matter what. Rain or shine, like, whatever happens, I'm following him. I can say that. But what about you guys? How will you respond? There's a part in the Bible where Jesus turns to his disciples, and he's like, who do you say I am? And they're like, well, Jesus, uh, some people say you're John the Baptist. Some people say you're one of the prophets, right? And Jesus is like, no, who do you say I am? I want to ask us the same question. Who do you guys say Jesus is? Who do you say Jesus is? All right, when someone asks you about that, do you say, oh, well, he's, yeah, he's this guy. He's really good. He's like, you know, the savior of our faith. Or do you say, he's my personal savior? Jesus came into my life, and he changed it, right? He made it better, and I follow him. Or is it just like this distant, like, oh, yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's uh, the leader of Christianity. Uh, yeah, he, he lived a long time ago, and he died on a cross, and then he rose again, right? Who do you say Jesus is? Many of you are here in this room tonight, and maybe you are where I was, right? Where you knew all about God, you grew up in church, you knew what the Bible says, you know what Jesus did, you know who Jesus is, but you haven't owned it for yourself yet. You haven't owned it for yourself yet. Well, it takes more than knowing it. You have to know it and own it. You have to know it and own it. Like I told you guys, nothing changed until I owned my faith for myself, until I owned it for myself. That's when everything changed. That's when Jesus became real. That's when miracles happened, happened in my life. That's when I was able to speak into other people's lives, when I owned my faith for myself. Now, we talked about this devotional, the chosen devotional. And this is how you own your faith. This is one of those steps to owning your faith. Right? I want you guys to really take this seriously. Right? Because no one's going to make you do it. No one's going to make you do it. That's, it's just plain and simple. No one can make you do it. Right? Well, maybe your parents can make you do it. But ultimately, if you get something out of it, it's what you're feeling in your heart. Right, what you're doing when you when you read it. Are you just reading it to reading it? Or are you trying to grow? Right, so I really want you guys to take this seriously. We're starting tomorrow, one chapter of Matthew, one day in the devotional book. It will not take that much time. I really want you guys to take this challenge seriously. Because this is how you own your faith. Know it and own it. As we close, if I can get some music, if everyone could close your eyes, bow your head. Gosh, Jesus is the word, 
right? He's God's communication to us, right? That God loved us so much, he sent his son to die in our place so that he could have a relationship with us. He's God's gift. That's who he is, right? He made the ultimate sacrifice for us. That's what he did. How are you going to respond? How are we going to respond? Now listen, like I said, you have to count the cost. We all need to count the cost. This isn't like an easy decision to make. This is a commitment, right? And so if you're ready, maybe you have some questions, you have some reservations, some doubts, that's totally fine. We want to walk with you guys. We want to walk alongside you, help you answer questions, help you investigate the Bible and Jesus. And we want to get you to that place where you're able to say, I commit, I know exactly what this is going to take. I know exactly what this is going to cost me, but I still want to follow Jesus. See, when you own your faith, not just know it, not when you just know what Jesus did, but you own it. That's when change happens. 